We've got a busy show today. We'll dive right into it. It is 2.45. Welcome to the podcast. Tarek Chase and the fam. Got some fam here today. It's Eric. Hi, Alex. Hi. How are you? A lovely. Are you? I, I am today. Today is a good day. I've been productive. And yeah, it's a good day. Okay, good. Um, even when the sun doesn't shine for weeks at a time, your lovely soul does. Oh, bless your heart. And I love Amy Winehouse, and you opened with Amy. And that, that one sentence right there is, is kind of going to be the theme of the day. Do you, do you have a lot of work to do? Or I know you're home all week because you have no breaks, but do you have a lot of work? Because I think we might, we might hit like the 75-minute mark today. No, I'm good. I'm, I do, obviously, I have a lot of work to do, but I'm flexible when I'm working from home. Um, let's just try to get through the podcast without my dogs barking. <laughs> let's see if it can happen. Okay. There she is. She is our sorceress from the great beyond, <sighs> known as Sylvania. Hi, Janet. Janet? Jan, Jan. Oh, my God. <laughs> gave her that big intro <laughs> nothing oh god hold on <laughs> i'm calling her now okay oh, it's so hard to dig through all <laughs> this is embarrassing this is like local <laughs> no it's not janet hey much better much better hi dear honey how are you i'm good happy new year yeah happy new year to you too um, hi janet did you alex said hi to you is alex on the phone with us yes i can, am can you hear her hi how was your new year's how was your christmas um you know i made it through i made it through with my health so I'm all for it. It Bare, was great. Barely. Janet, it's great timing because <laughs> uh, I, the answer that Alex didn't want to give you was her, her New Year's and Christmas were lethal. Her, her mom was plowed into by a semi and Alex started to drive her car without brakes. So we are lucky the Thomas girls are still here with us. <laughs> the, and, Grim Reaper oh is, the Grim Reaper is after my family. Yeah, there's, there's no... I don't have any readings for you this week because I just wanted to dive into a, a clean slate, New Year... <laughs> New Janet, and I, is there some kind of furious death following the Thomas girls around? No. What's, what? What do you mean? What do you, is something lethal? What, what do you mean, Tom? What's going on? I don't understand. So my mom got into a car the week of New Year's, the week of New Year. So last week, my mom got into a car accident. That she okay? Right, she is yes. So a semi hit her. She's okay. She had no injuries. Her car is wrecked. Like her car was totaled, but she had no injuries. She was perfectly fine. She was spooked. Thank God. You know, she was definitely spooked by it, but she's perfectly fine. So as her daughter, I had been driving her around, making sure she went to her appointments and got her You're a good girl. groceries. Oh, I, I love my mommy. Got her groceries and all of that. And then on New Year's Eve, I went out to handle my own business and my brakes went out in my car. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, what is happening? And luckily, I was not far from home, so I was able to slow down, turn around. I was on the phone with Eric, and I'm like, hey, do you think this is a problem? <laughs> oh, so, my God. That's, like, scary. So I turned around and went home, and Mom and I were just kind of sitting ducks for the rest of the weekend because we didn't have 
really transportation to get us around. We, luckily, we didn't need anything. So I had we had no needs at the time. So, but Janet, what, what's your read? Do you see some kind of cloud with a, with a, with a side <laughs> Again, following you know me, I base, everything, I base everything on the charts. I see things in the charts. But, it, but it's interesting because a lot of things kind of shifted astrologically December 18, 2020. And with these planetary influences going on, you know, like this Jupiter-Saturn thing, believe it or not, that would have shown up a little bit in your chart. I'm not saying I could have prevented it and said, hey, you know, be careful. You're in a nasty place. I don't know if I would have been able to say that. But I would have said, well, I would have said that this is a fragile time for you is what I would have said. And you know, so Janet, that's why astrology is so amazing, because you can always give warning, you know, to people and say, hey, this is not a good time to get out there, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, and, and, but, but you don't know. I mean, we don't know it. But at some point when we look at your chart, you know, if we ever get a chance to do that, we're going to have to really take a look at the dates. Because even when people pass away and my clients will call me and say someone has died, I will actually look at the chart and the time of death because mm -hmm. I like to study it and it's interesting. But you might just have, it might just have been a fluke, sweetheart. It might not mm -hmm. have been anything major. Sometimes it's just not a reason for things to happen. Janet. You know what I mean? It just yeah. happens. I, yes. I, I'm always curious, and I'm sure clients have asked you this in the past, and I'm curious of your perspective. Um, this is like a common trope in a lot of um, sci-fi and, and time travel type type things. You tell somebody like, "Hey, watch out on these days," but maybe oh, them, yeah. but maybe them being cautious on those days is what causes something bad to happen. Like, let's say you said, "Alex, you should probably stay home for a couple of days," but the chart, which could be destiny, says something <laughs> bad is going to happen. So instead of going out and having some kind of horrific car accident, the roof caves in on her. So <laughs> the her oven blows. Yeah. Happen. Well, there's a first, there's a first fucking time for everything, woman. So I know, but I, I understand that. You know what? I've never had it happen to me. I have always warned people. I don't like to tell people what to do. That's just my me, how I am. I'm not a, I'm not somebody who tries to tell people don't travel, don't do this. But I will say to somebody, you know, if something's really standing out to me and it's critical, I will say, you know, this makes me nervous. This transit, in, and I'm really kind of worried. I'm not having a good feel about it. So I am really notorious for telling people things like that. And maybe, I am. I'm and, notorious. And maybe how they alter their behavior brings about whatever bad you foresaw. <laughs> well, the free will of the higher law is the mm. free will of the higher law of the universe. You know that's my quote. We have and no I free think will. Whatever, you know, we have the free will to nope. do whatever we need to do. But if I had Alex's chart, I would mm -hmm. say, you know, Alex, you have this, this, this hitting at this time, I've warned people before about travel. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I've experienced that with clients, and then and they tell me later, oh, my God, I should have listened. It was the worst trip ever. We had nothing but problems. Um, and I, I've warned people. I said, you know, this is not a good time to travel. This is not a good time to have, you know, a, a facelift. This is not a good time. You know, so that's what, in knowing true, authentic astrology, is the key now you know but what they do with that information is up to them you know i mean it is you know like with during this retrograde this mars retrograde september 9th through november i was having a very difficult time explaining to my sister she wanted to take a trip and i was telling her mm -hmm. don't do it don't do it it makes me nervous so she ended up she ended up doing it she ended up she did she ended up canceling the trip 
because I, she said, it, you made me so nervous. And she doesn't even believe in astrology. She believes in me. She thinks I'm just weird, and I know stuff from our ethnic Arab gods or something. So, I, but I, so she, she canceled her trip because she said I made her so nervous about it because I was frantic her traveling for her to be traveling during a, a, a retrograde. I just didn't want it. And a pandemic. So if you had been my client and you had come to my office, I probably would have said, you know, Alex, this doesn't feel good to me. There's something funky mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would have, I would have said that. I would have said, you know, be careful of travel, blah blah blah. And sometimes we're correct on this, and sometimes people come back and they'll say nothing happened. I'm good as good as new. So you never know, you know. Um, I it's all in the pudding. I, <laughs> I don't have one particular belief or not, but I am, I am open to the idea of. Which goes against your your motto. I I'm open to the idea of destiny, and in a more stripped down kind of way, like what's going to happen is what's going to happen, no regardless mm-hmm. of what you do. Like whether Alex sat at home or got in the car, something bad or something like the universe has spoken. So I that that fascinates me. Destiny. I, I don't believe that. I don't believe that because you can take somebody who's born and raised in one area, and if, and if their destiny would have taken them, and let's say they were born or raised in one area, they might be more prone to something bad happening based on the environment and the area. I watch a lot of these shows like Snapped and a lot of these shows like <laughs> uh, people who, you know, e- evil lives here in those shows. And had that person been living in another area, would they have met that same person? Had but, they, but, had they, you know what I mean? they I mean, were born... Whatever was destined to happen was destined to happen, and they couldn't avoid it. I don't believe it. that. All right, why? Well, I, I, I don't. Then this is the end of our friendship. I, Take your camera. <laughs> so I think that what I had learned, um, and Janet, a little bit more backstory that that I didn't mention is my brother had also had a close call just at the end oh. of November, where his car was hit, but he wasn't out of it. He was out of it. He was a couple feet away from it, and his wasn't car was. His car was totaled. Um, Somebody ran into his car while it was parked. And so I'm like, what is it with my family members in the last four weeks or so? But I think that it was just one of those moments where I said, you know, it's a good thing that I haven't left the house. I didn't, you know, I'm just going to stay here and pay attention to my environment and my surroundings and just act accordingly. I do feel like there's energy that can sometimes direct, if that makes any sense. Like I just kind of pay attention and I just take a pause based on the things that are happening around me. Or if I am reacting to the things happening around me, I just kind of try to stop myself and center myself and then keep going with those things in mind. Janet? That's the best way to do it. Um, Totally. Uh, we are in a new year, <clears throat> a new year now. <laughs> Happy New Year to you! Um, what is the general outlook for this, this 2021 that we've got loaded I, I think, up here? I think I think 2021 is going to be a better year. Obviously, I think we're going to get some more of a handle on this whole this whole thing with the COVID. I definitely see that, and I also believe you know we have a new moon coming up January 13, 2021, which is favorable for all of us and it's a good time to set goals so coming up this next week i think it's going to be a wednesday next week things are going to be a lot more favorable i do know that uranus is a planet of unpredictability and when mars the planet of energy goes into taurus it could be a financial surge financially for all of us or it can be a down it could be something where we're struggling with the economy because that's a sudden unexpected shift 
in the economy. And that, that, that starts, you know, pretty fairly soon. Now, it doesn't mean anything bad is going to happen, but for those people out there that are concerned about money, investments, and have you, you know, be careful of anything with regard to it, because that's more like of an unpredictable whatever could happen. Mm-hmm. And also in conjunction with that, travel, you know, be aware of travel during this time, too. That starts around uh, another week or so. We're going to be feeling it. So it's not, it doesn't mean anything bad is going to happen. And then we have this really heavy Mercury retrograde January 30th through part of, um, you know, part of uh, February 2021. I just think 2021 is going to be easier. We're, we're going to be letting go of the last 12, you know, 12 months or so of what we've had to deal with. It's been a rough year. I mean, when I feel the roughness of the year, I know it's bad because I usually glide through everything. So I feel that it has been really rough for a lot of people. So hopefully you're going to be able to, you know, feel okay too, Alex, and, mm-hmm. you know, get a handle on things as well. And, and, and I wouldn't worry anymore. I think you're kind of out of all that. And one of the, at some point I'm really going to take a look at your chart and pinpoint <laughs> those dates for your, yourself and your mom to see what was going on with the two of you at that time. Because that's kind of a, that's kind of an, a weird thing to it have to experience. I, yeah. I, checked, yeah. I checked my mystic scrolls, and uh, it doesn't say that it's their time yet. I didn't want <laughs> to put this out there, but since you're battling me, yeah, it's not their time yet. They're fine. So if, if a tornado ran through Alex's apartment right now, she would live because it's, it's not her time. She is going to be, Alex is going to have a long, full life feel happy i don't see that ever being an issue so oh you your guys time. You're, you're okay see? it was just a fluke sweetie just a fluke you're gonna be fine um, sometimes things happen and they're just flukeified the, you know <laughs> the universe has a bad day like like i said things are preordained there's destiny but sometimes the universe gets a, a fly in its butt and somebody's not paying attention and a car hits a train or a, a, a cheesesteak goes up your butthole and you know things are sideways for a minute what in the world where are you coming up with all this stuff? um uh, we, come over there and stand. no wonder we have to be at a distance with each other so we don't fight brother and sister um that's right all right thank you for the time sorry to push you off real quick but we have, we have a lot to get no, to no, today. We, uh, no no we'll talk soon alex you keep in touch with me and i'll talk to you soon i will all right okay honey. bye sexy okay. sorceress Bye-bye. bye we love her i have a question for her next time i, I want to know what she thinks about something okay and just to be clear, I don't know the day when you're going to die. I know how, <laughs> but not, not not when. I just wanted to give her some of her own medicine. <laughs> it is it is interesting though. It, I mean, it's definitely interesting how the how things had lined up. Even even my car going out again in the second stimulus round when it went out and the first stimulus round. <laughs> you know, the irony there is not it's not a things happen a lot to me that are just you know, I'm like, oh, what a coincidence or mm. who who would have thought? And I'm like, why does that continue to happen to me? I mean, now it's just a thing, you know, that we joke about. Uh, before I offer my declaration, Ooh. would you like to throw some kudos at TPD? Oh, my gosh. So did you get a chance to watch? I, I didn't watch. I Okay. I, I read the story, and mm-hmm. this was the shooting at Secor something apartments over the weekend. And yes. I, I didn't follow it because it wasn't one of these things where there was some, uh, what's the word I'm, I'm looking for? 
it, questionable. It just, not even uh, questionable. It's not even. It didn't look like there were some inconsistencies here. It didn't seem like there was any bad behavior on display. I mean, police shooting at people is always like something that you raise your ears to. But this wasn't one of the things like over the summertime that I was super concerned about. So I, I let it go off my radar. But you are so I didn't. I didn't pay attention to it when it actually happened. Like I saw the alerts, but I didn't go out of my way to look into what was happening. And then um, Chief Crawl did the press conference yesterday. So I looked at that and this was a legitimate shootout. Like it wasn't like, it wasn't, and not just like for a minute or for not even a minute for like 20 seconds that I would say the majority of shootouts happened. This was over several minutes that this that there this gentleman was opening fire at police and where I, I was it was interesting for me because in the press conference they went over all the series of 911 calls that surrounding this gentleman that were from days prior to the that then morning um and they were all related to mental health so they they did end up being related to mental health and this person's like displeasure with the police and there were family members involved trying to help him and you know uh, things like I'm going to kill myself for being thrown out there. But then the person was denying it when the police came. And so I, we were watching the press conference and I was, I was just incredibly impressed. I continue to be impressed by TPD, but just the training of the officers. I mean, she was, there was a CIT officer that had reported as they should have, because from the very first call, I think it was determined that this person might be having some mental health issues. So there was a CIT officer there um, who's trained to help people with mental health challenges and even when she was returning fire, she was trying. She was using his first name, trying to say. I don't think what? those. I don't think those people shot. Who? The CIT officers. No, she did. She sh- she fired three rounds that actually hit him. Um, uh, I don't think so. But you, not not a major detail. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so the but nonetheless, just watching the body cam, listening to the officers, and how they were talking to this person, even as he's firing rounds at them. Um, and then when they ended up getting him, when they ended up, um, oh. I don't even know the term, um, apprehending him, what have you, they were focused on making sure he wasn't laying face down. They, they right. tased him. So even when he was charging at them, they tased him um, to get him to, to get him to kind of get him to the ground so that they could get him in cuffs. Um, and then, you know, made sure that he wasn't face down, made sure that they weren't putting any knees into his face. He was still resisting arrest at the time. They were trying, he was hurting himself at the same time, trying to pull out his hair. There was clearly mental health challenges happening here. And I think TPD showed so much care. I was so impressed, especially considering this was, this is, I mean, there, it doesn't get more intense than that, you know, when it comes to. I don't know. I'm not an officer, so I won't say that. But it doesn't get more intense than that, and that they're still responding in a way that was that's an example, I think, for the entire country. I thought it was fantastic. Chief Carl was so detailed with what he was doing. The press conference was fantastic. I really um, tip my hat to TPD for that. Uh, it was Secor Woods' apartments, and yeah, there were multiple calls. Uh, two of the officers were part of the CIT's crisis intervention team, and they did not fire their weapons. The third officer fired six shots, three of which struck the 41-year-old Demetra Kelly. And then you talked about how he was treated respectfully and, and, and with protocols followed after he was shot and then taken to the hospital where he's uh, in stable condition. He suffered six gunshot wounds, mm-hmm. three of which came from Officer Wilcox, according to Chief Crawl. And I, I was uh, exchanging some messages with Chief Crawl a couple of weeks ago, and I think I told him, 
I might have mentioned it on the podcast before, but I actually told him I was like, nobody ever wants to be good at these things, but you're you're getting very good at these. Yeah. Um, to, and that's why I wanted you to bring it up again because, yeah, I mean, you never want to have to do these, but this is this this comes with the territory. Yeah, and it's just considering there's still so many things happening in our country of just not great police work, and I'm you know. Um, this isn't the conversation to like blame them for that. It's just, it just is what it is for Toledo to continue to be an example. And we have had mistakes, but for, for chief crawl and the team to continue to be an example, like I think in the light of chaos, when it comes to police work and opinions and all of those things, I just, I mean, I was just incredibly impressed. We watched the whole press conference, all of the body cams, just because it was just that impressive to me. So, um, I, I thought they did a fantastic job. I don't ever want us to be the media platform, podcast, radio show that only talks about the bad stuff. No, um, definitely, definitely that, not. That's why it, it was important when you brought it up to, to, to share it because I, I had missed it. So, yeah, I don't want to only talk about the bad stuff. And by the way, there's a lot of bad stuff today. Family video is all closing. There's not going to be a walleye <laughs> season. The Browns head coach got COVID and will miss the game. I saw that. And, and two more players. Yeah. not. I don't think major, like no stars. But okay. now Browns fans should be on eggshells hoping this thing is not an outbreak. Because somebody mentioned the other day, not to take this in a tangent, what happens if, say, you know who Patrick Mahomes is, right? Yes. What happens if Patrick Mahomes gets COVID or is, is, is in need of quarantine two days before the Super Bowl? Do they move the so? That's um, I, but that's a fair question. So yeah. at what point at what point is a game postponed? Like, wasn't there a ton of players that were positive just last week on the Browns team, and now their head coach is positive? So yeah. and, at what at what point do you postpone? There was the Raven Steelers game, which kept getting bumped back day after day after day. Oh, okay. And then the Broncos had to play with a guy on their practice squad who is a wide receiver, who they put in at quarterback. So I, <laughs> I think everything is taken into um, into play. At least the good thing is there's not – now the Super Bowl may be, may be different. More things and people would be inconvenienced. But, yeah, we'll, we'll now see how this plays out with the playoffs. So lots of bad things, but that's a very good thing. And uh, I think it's Chief Crawl's sixth year um, being uh, TPD chief. so mm-hmm. Well, I just think it's uh, like, especially as a black person where I can be very critical on this podcast and give my opinions from my perspective. I'm not afraid to talk about those things, but I am also going to give credit when credit is due and praise when praise is due. And I think that um, the police are necessary. And I think they just did Toledo. We have an exceptional um, police department and it needs to be said. It just does. If we were the kind of podcast that had these kinds of people, these kinds of people would be with their tinfoil hats would be like, <laughs> I, I know she's a black girl and she's got to stand up for the color of her skin, but ain't her boyfriend trying to get into the academy. <laughs> but that's also, I mean, but we, yes, but we also have plenty of fights, Thomas and I. So I, I like to say that I stick, I stay true to my beliefs and my thoughts, but I am also, but I'm not going to not give credit. I'm not going to, I'm not a con, I don't know how to explain it. I'm not just some radical person that only looks at one viewpoint or only believes one thing. And I'm also not going to ignore something when it needs to be said just because it's not in just because it doesn't align with my message. If you know that makes sense. I don't have a message. You know, they, <laughs> you know what they say in the hood? Principles over pussy. Yeah, there you go. No, I don't say that at all. I don't think um, that's a good you should use that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's been a while for me. So <laughs> if, if some girl who like was a 
scathing racist came by and was like, hey, I, never mind. Um, other, <laughs> other things. To, so I, I have a declaration. Oh, gosh. Okay, I'm ready for this. Let me know. Um, and I don't even know how I can build this up. I will simply say, I think you're my best friend. <laughs> I think the same thing. Oh, my gosh. I thought about that. And I'm like, Eric and I are literally like best friends. Like, I don't think I talk to I have other best girlfriends, but I'm like, I don't really talk to any of them as much as I talk to Eric, right. even not on the pod. Like we podcast, right. what, two days a week, maybe three with yeah. Ashley. But even I mean, I think we talk every day. Yeah, and uh, we have our, our, our group, and I, I love them. I would do anything for all of them dearly. But the one person that, that where our, our, our minds are, are one, our minds and our thoughts, and this has obviously been built up because, remember, over the summertime, we had some, like, we would never talk about this publicly, but you and I are on the same page. And I, I bring it up because I, and anybody that knows me um, knows that I've never talked about a best friend, like, I was thinking about this, and this was part of the discussion. So you have you have Thomas, and mm-hmm. you would hope that um, whoever anybody is with, that relationship, they're your best friend, and you hope you mm-hmm. also have a best friend outside of your relationship. That's a perfect world. I have neither. I've <laughs> mostly had neither. Like, can you ever think of somebody in my life who I've referenced as, like, a best friend? Vinny? That, that, that I don't feed every night or jumps on me or licks me? Maybe, maybe Vinny. Nope. Okay. I mean, no. He is, he is like Vinny. Like Vinny is my my nerdiest buddy. And when there's another idiot, Juliana. In in a lot of ways, yeah. But okay. As much as her and I sync up personality wise, and like it's time for us to leave, kind of vibes. We don't have like superhero sure. stuff, nerd stuff. Uh, no. But you check the most boxes more than anybody I've met in a long, long time. And uh, I just wanted to acknowledge that. And it, it, it's kind of nice to have because if I were to say you, you've got Thomas, but I would say Karis. Um, I maybe talk to Karis a couple times a month. I have a girlfriend in Nashville, Kiana, and I've been friends with her since I was 14. So her and then I have a couple girlfriends here um, in Toledo, but I don't talk to them as much as I talk to you where it's you're, you're right. It's almost routine where we know you know, besides you and I kind of sync up in that sometimes when it's our weekend and we just shut ourselves off, like I won't respond really to group texts other than maybe a laughing icon and I won't talk to you until Monday. And then it's Monday morning. There's that text between seven and nine a.m. Like, Chris, I'm <laughs> what's up? <laughs> Actually, that, that that segues nicely into the next topic on my mind, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that momentarily. Yeah. So I, I feel like for the first time. Literally since I could, now I, I had a very good friend, my, my, the girl I love, Christine, back home in Allentown, but I never was able to get the most out of that. But since I've been as stable as I am and in a good, pl- in, a, in a, a better place, like I've never had a best friend where like, and I've always been jealous and envious of like people who just intuitively know, like you're already thinking about what you're going to do with this person. Thursday night or Friday at lunchtime and you're both like simultaneously texting one another where it's like, what are we going to do tonight? Like, I can't ever think of having had that person. Oh, I know it's pathetic, isn't it? No. Well, I'm glad. I mean, but you, but you know, obviously like I would say you have it now, but we don't even see each other that much. Um, if at all, really. Well, the pandemic has squashed a lot of 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 that that. stuff. Yeah. Um, 
and I haven't been able to take full advantage of. Like, look, I am a different person. I'm a happier person with these hours as opposed to getting up when I got up before. Oh, that's good. I don't think we've had that full conversation. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, there have been times I've asked myself or questioned, can I, with, with my mood instability and who I am and how I'm wired, maybe I just can't do these hours. Um, but I, I didn't want to bail on them. I didn't want to step away yeah. from them. I mean, this was, and I didn't, this was just a, a, a forced change. But I mm-hmm. am a much better person with these hours and really anybody. I mean, I would guess nine and a half out of 10 people are much better sleeping past 5 a.m. <laughs> that's a that's a really good point. I have the same, I actually had the conversation with my employer and my family. If I am, a, I tend to like lay down around 9, 9.30 and I'll fall asleep between 10 and 10.30 ideally. And if I don't fall asleep by like 11.30, I'm popping a little bit of melatonin so I can get to sleep. But if I can just, right now my alarm clock goes off at 6.30. If I could adjust it to go off at 7.45 or 8 and then I'm up and like out of the house by nine, my day is completely different. My mood is completely different. Yep. And I know like I, it, it's not as much for my mental health, but as, with lupus and my just general body needing more rest than a, your average person, it changes everything. And I talked to my doctor about it and it was like, I can make that official change. Like I could do that, you know, where I can make a medical reason that I come into work by 9 a.m. instead of 8 a.m. But um, it's, it is fascinating how that happens. And you know what? We'll bring up, hold that for the soul discussion that we'll get yes. to as well. We're going to talk about, we're going to break down soul, um, which we haven't done on the podcast because this is only the second episode of the, of the new year. And I hope soul isn't too far in the rear view for people um, that we can talk about that in, in just a little bit. Um, so yeah. Hey, best friend. <laughs> I was not going to make the stepbrothers reference of, did we just become best friends? I wanted to really bad, but I'm like that. You're such a basic bitch, Alex. Don't do that. <laughs> I, I don't get those references anyway. I'm sorry. Do you, really? Have you ever seen the movie? Nope. Oh, okay. Well, when they found, when their parents started dating and they really got along they had a moment and they're like, did we just become best friends? But we didn't just become best friends, but people it, say that a lot. It's all over the internet. It's, uh, oh, yeah, I just never knew where, where it's from. And mm-hmm. I don't know why I decided to bring this up now. Um, but I think I've... Because I've, I almost died and you want to tell me how much you appreciate me? If you're someone's best friend, they should know how much <laughs> you're, they're appreciated without you constantly telling them. Actions speak louder than words, all that That's bullshit. exactly right, and, yeah. And, not, and I've told you before, like, that I deeply appreciate... I think I've, I've hit the... the proper quota for fulfilling my verbal your oh, verbal yeah. needs within our friendship i don't really have verbal needs though and i think that's why it makes things easy at the same time like what what you know some things just don't need to be said because yeah. they're lived if and, that makes any sense and, and you you hit the right people like juliana um mm-hmm. like our 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 social dna links up Vinny and i our nerd dna is like 97 percent the same but, uh, but that's it. Like Floyd and I, we socialize in different places. Um, Bethany and I, uh, she's great, but we're different. A- Ashley mm-hmm. and I, great, but total extrovert. <laughs> I'm an in- like, um, and, and Philip and I have become much closer over the years since he's gotten older and more irritated by people. And that's brought us together, but nothing like what, what you and I have. So best friend. Best friend. Um, the next thing, also a serious thing. So, um, you, I think you've met Josh the engineer once. Y- yes. Oh, yes. yeah. At the station. 
Yeah, or yeah. at my house at the party last year. Um, and Josh and I are wired. Josh also could be potential best friend, but we're, we're different in some ways. I have interest that he doesn't have and, and vice versa. Just a lot of boxes checked, not all. But yesterday, he said what I had been feeling, and I think I told a lot of people, that, like, my week off wasn't great. And I mentioned this in the podcast yesterday. I went from doing a lot of things to nothing. No moderation, and it really sullies my mood and he's in here yesterday he's like it's good to be back at work i'm like because you got something to do he's like yup and mm. that's it. like i enjoy what i do and it is my purpose because i don't have anything else to do and i'll get to that in a second and with josh saying like look nobody if most people would rather not work than work even if you like your job and we like our jobs but he's like yeah it's, it, it's good to be back even though we all have our our at work headaches and then mm-hmm. I see every once every week I see a meme. I'm like, that's powerful. Like this, this needs to be a couple hundred words. And last night I see something, I see a cat with its arms crossed going in different directions. And it, it says <laughs> Taurus, which I am, but I, I ignored that. And the cat with its arm going in different directions, doing nothing because I'm depressed. And the other direction is being depressed because I do nothing. And that is, encapsulates the battle that I have so often. I always mm-hmm. talk about how my Cymbalta has cured all the struggles I had with anxiety that I didn't know that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's gotten rid of the most suicidal depression and the long periods of depression where it's a couple weeks at a time. It's never months, but it's certainly a couple weeks, and it's, it's much more short-lived. But what it hasn't done is made me like things that I used to like or allowed me to, to dive deeper into the few things that I do like. And I remember my doctor one time saying when I was lamenting this thing, he's like, I can't give you a pill that makes you happy. Um, not that he was, you know, think, like there is no happy pill. And I don't expect any drug to hit all the bullseyes of the ailments that I or anybody else has, whether it be Mm -hmm. physically or mentally. And I'd much rather be where I am now than where I was, often suicidal um, and and crippled by anxiety. Now it's like Sunday. Um, Sunday afternoon, I didn't feel like watching any football games. I read a bunch of comic books. I watched part of a football game. And then I made it to 6 o'clock, and I'm like, People, and this is where I, I don't often talk about this, because people would be, people are jealous and likely envious of my free time. But, because I, I, it's my curse. I have uh-huh. too much of it. Now, I'm efficient, and work doesn't ask a ton of me, but 6 o'clock came around, and I'm like, good, now I can go to bed. Because nothing else interests me. And again, um, it goes back to the meme a little bit. Depressed, doing nothing because I'm depressed, but depressed because I'm doing nothing. And I, I haven't, it might sound like I like a lot of things, my nerdy stuff, movies, and, and, and I have to. I'm not without interest, but I can't dive deeper into them, and I can't maximize my free time, or for that matter, my friendships and relationships, because I am just so stoic and ambivalent. I know I come off as someone who's very opinionated, and I am, but that doesn't mean that I'm passionate or have a wide array, array of interests, and I just think that the depression has robbed me of a lot of that. And I'm not complaining. I'm just expressing how I feel because it might help some people. And I yeah. also know that not everything is going to be cured. And I'm certainly better where I am now mm-hmm. than where I was. So I, we have talked about this before off, 
off air, off podcast, where we have had like private conversations and you said the same thing. And I said, you know, part of, you know, your, you, part of it is just the fact that you are bothered by, and I'm the, I'm the same way, but part of it is like, you're bothered by the fact that you're doing nothing. You're doing yeah. nothing and then bothered by you're doing nothing. Um, where I can be the same way where I'm really down and I'm depressed and then I'm bothered because I'm down and I'm depressed, you know, so I make matters like a little bit worse for myself. And do you remember what I said to you the last time we talked about this? And I still believe it. And I believe it not as a like a mental health professional, but like, I believe it because it's I live it if that makes if that makes any sense. Like I believe this and it helps me because I have experienced it myself. Um, do you remember what I told you? Maybe it was like in the summertime and I had just spoken uh-huh. to my friend, Dr. Andrea and she's uh-huh. like, take the should statements out of like, I, you don't have to tell yourself you should be doing something right now. Exactly. No, no it's- should. Well, no should statements. And I get that. And I'm not, I'm not should state statementing myself to death here. Um, but the thing is like, even if I remind myself of that, which is a hundred percent correct, it doesn't, like I can't settle down and enjoy yeah. the peace. Uh-huh. So I'm in this this vacuum in the middle. No should statements, but I can't sit there and be meditative or peaceful. I just can't sit and do nothing. So I think I, you have to find your balance. I think you have to find your balance on accepting that this part of it is who you are and that you do need to have a bit more, like you have to have an even amount of um sedentary activities or things that, you know, you're, you're just, your body is telling you that you want to do. And that's just like going to sleep at six o'clock. Um, and then you have to have the other productive time of reading your comics or go running an errand or taking the dogs for a walk or doing those things that, you know, you feel good about that you're productive. And you, you know, at the end of the day, you're like, I did this, 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 and this. Um, but you're not alone in that. And I think that, um, I, I was, I had a conversation with, um, Ariel Onstott, actually, we were talking about um, what COVID has done and how COVID has changed stigma and things like that related to depression and people are learning more about mental health. I was the exact same way this weekend. I bar- like I barely responded to group texts and there were things that I needed to get done, important things like medication that I needed to go and pick up for myself. And I just didn't want to, I did not want to move. Poor Thomas was around me cleaning the house. And in my mind, I'm like, I should be up cleaning the house. And I just did not want to move. I didn't. And I chose to listen to my body this weekend and not make myself feel guilty about it. And not my body is in lupus, but just in general, like my mind and my body were like, nope, sit down. (laughs) Anyway, I'm fortunate that I mean, I don't let my life get away from me and I don't put Mm -hmm. off important things other than being a better part of friendships and relationships. There was an aha moment. I don't know early 30s, maybe mid, maybe mid-30s, where I always knew that I was different, but then I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, like, you're trained kind of by society. It's a, it's an extrovert's world. Mm-hmm. Uh, go out to mm-hmm. the bar, go see movies, go to the lights before, it's just what people do. And like, and I got to a point in my life, I'm like, I don't like doing that shit. And if, yeah. I, do, and if I do do it, I'm going to do it at a different time than everybody else, and it's not social anxiety, it's just what I prefer. But a lot of that stuff, I got to the point as I got older when I realized, okay, I don't like the usual things, but then I didn't have a lot of likes to dive into. So again, I'm sitting in that middle. There's not a lot. And I'm not telling myself that I should like things. Uh I just don't. 
And I also don't have a lot of vital things that need to be taken care of. My life is not wrecked or wreckless. And oh. this is this is the bad part, but I don't think it's... It could get a lot problematic as I get older because things are progressive. So as I'm stoic and mostly ambivalent and lack interest, I drink because it makes me feel things. I, I put uh-huh. in the Facebook post today. Um, in the Bad Wolverine movie, at the end of the movie, um, he's at the bar and the bartender's like, you drinking to forget? And he goes, no, I'm drinking to remember because he had uh-huh. lost his memory. Uh-huh. Me, I, I drink to feel. And there's uh-huh. a lot of people who need to have like alcoholic courage when they go out. I don't need courage. I obviously can interact with people if I want. It's part of my job. I I need it to feel, like to feel like a normal person because so much of me is, is shut off and disinterested and dispassionate from what most of society um, enjoys. But I think you said something really powerful in that it's, a, it's an extrovert's world. So anything, basically implying that anything that deviates from that is considered a problem or problematic or, you know, whether that's true or not, we know that that's not true, but you're constantly fighting against this idea that is so powerful and and everybody really believes whether they fall into it or not that you know people i've seen people boast about like i'm i'm a homebody so you know people some people brag about that you know, you know how I do <laughs> you don't no i don't oh, think yes. that i don't perceive it as bragging i've seen other folks do it in a way that that is you know braggadocious um, I'll get my ga- I'll get my meme game up. <laughs> Do I, you want to brag? Yeah, yeah, and and I in fact remember in the, at the outset of the pandemic, I had to restrain myself because I was like, I can. Oh manage. yeah, because like, <laughs> everybody was having a hard time, yeah, and you're just like, it's just, ah, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, it's like sorry, your mental health finally. <laughs> you fucking extroverts. The introverts are taking over. Um, it it's just like the problem of like what I had last week. And, and I know better. When I'm off, I have to find things to do. Or as, as Barry always said, an empty mind is the devil's playground. That's um, true. And, you know, obviously the pandemic and how it's ramped back up has, you know, uh, injured that a little bit last week. I shouldn't have been running around anyway. But it's like Sunday afternoon. Like, I read some really awesome comics. I texted with Vinny. I didn't want to watch football. I didn't want to stay up and watch the Eagles game. And it was like, God, can I just please make it to 6 o'clock? Um because I didn't want to be like hung over or anything from food or alcohol on a Monday. I wanted to have a strong start. Like you said, seven to nine Monday morning, there I'm going. Um, but I was just sitting there. I'm like, I don't want to do anything. I don't I, like, can somebody, and then the people will say, well, you should volunteer, do this. And I'm like, uh... none of that shit appeals to me. Like I can't, I can't explain that the depression has taken so many interests and so many passions from me. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to do things. It's also January, though, also, you know what I mean? So you may have, like, if this was May or if it was July, I feel like you would be more likely to be like, hey, let's go over to, let's go to a patio and, and get some food or get some drinks or, you know, go over to, um, what is it, LC4 and take one of the dogs out for a walk. I don't disagree. No, you're, you're right. You're right, you're right, you're right. And it catches us by surprise every year almost, like every year, at least for myself. Every year, I'm like, why am I like this? What is happening? I feel so down. I don't have, you know, I'm lazy. I don't have these motivations. What is it? And I'm like, it's January. You're right. <laughs> like, I, I wanted it. I, I, the dogs haven't had a good walk in weeks. Mm. And then we get like a quarter of the way down the block. I'm like, fuck this. It's cold. We're going back inside. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Whereas 
I can go, um, you know, I can just go walk around the neighborhood because it's sunny in 83 until the dogs are too tired and then I'll go walk because it's that kind of weather. I can't do that now. So you're right. right. The weather and the time of year, absolutely. I've always said I, re- I live at the wrong latitude. But I think that it's worth exploring further um, of finding what your balance looks like. So your balance of um, just sedentary things of you just, you know what I mean? Just literally lounging and doing the, allowing yourself to do those things peacefully because you have, you already have filled the, the void of what you feel like you should be doing. So you have to identify what you want to fill with that time and then create a balance because it's still, you know what I mean? Like it, I, I look at it like every, we know everybody, every person is wired differently. So it's going to look different for different people. And what I feel like on the days where I feel okay and comfortable with sitting around and being empty. Cause I think there's some, there's, that's, I think that as I'm getting older, I'm like, that's kind of healthy. Yeah. <laughs> like that's good for me to it's- just dump my mind of everything and literally feel empty, but I feel strength in it and not the, the mind is the devil's playground. You know, I mean, we've had conversations in, in December and mid December, if my mind was empty, it would have been filled with so many negative and intrusive thoughts because I wasn't mentally strong at that time. Um, and then I've gotten myself to a little bit of a better place where I can sit down and relax and do next to nothing and not be worried, not like let my mind take me down a dark path. Um, thankfully I have not been reckless in my life. Um, so best friend, just keep an eye out on me if you would, if, if things, (laughs) if like Jen and I always tell people, you know, follow up on the, are you okay? Mm -hmm. Um, like I told Ashley before, um, (laughs) she had asked me like if I was doing okay. And I don't know if I told you this, but I told Ashley, I was like, Look, and she would ask all the time, and she's just trying to do what she does as a, as a good friend, as a good friend would. I'm like, look, I'm going to tell you fine all the time, and I'm just not going to open up to you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Poor Ashley. So, she means well, but I mean, that's, that's, but that's also, I mean, that's real. Like, some you people, there's a lot of people in my life that I will say fine to, and there's right. other people in my life that I will say fine to, and they know it's a lie. Like, <laughs> you know, and they know it's a lie, so... All right. It's just, it's reality. More, I guess, heavy stuff here. Um, I watched Soul. I it, it took me a minute to finish it because I thought the initial purpose was, look, the first of all, it wasn't for kids at all. And it's absolutely beautiful. Like, I have not been that invested in a Pixar movie ever. Okay. Like, I saw, I went with the girl I was dating to see Incredibles 2. And then I saw the, the first Incredibles on TV. I'm like, good God, it's practically in black and white. Um, oh. So I appreciate the art of it. And I like Jamie Foxx. And I, I didn't even know that was Graham Norton and Tina Fey. And I love the characters. A great movie. Great watch. But as for the message it was trying to convey, um, I thought it was about, you know, don't worry about being happy. Find, find a purpose. Like, find what you're meant to do in life. And I guess I don't even know if that was the message because there were so many other messages involved and as I was watching it, even before I got to the end, I was like, this is all stuff that I, I know pretty well. Um, and that's why it took me a minute to finish. But I still have some takeaways that I want to share. But did you finish it? Nope. Ah! <laughs> no, I, was, <laughs> I didn't. So talk to me about what you think about it. And I will give insight based on what I have seen. We'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Tell me. You go. Okay. So I was told that um, 
I guess it's not about finding what you're meant to do, which I, I, I found that saying a couple of years ago and did my uh, TED Talk with and uh-huh. did the podcast with Paris Devon. Uh, the meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give that gift away. Like, I'm all uh-huh. good with that. Uh-huh. Um, I don't... So, the, I, I ticked them off here. Um, I guess purpose is part of it. I guess the end of it, and this is where I was kind of phasing out of it. So, I... Spoiler, you you know that like twenty two is a like a bad soul, and twenty two couldn't work with anybody. Uh-huh. And kept getting sent back. Did you make it that far? Nope, but that's oh. okay. Okay, so eventually Joe helps twenty two find what she or it is meant to do, and she's happy to be where she is, and she wants to go to Earth. So I feel like one of the takeaways is, and we've talked about this before, when you're down, instead of selfishly doing something for yourself. Amazon something, drinking, whatever. Do something for someone else. Uh-huh. The feeling is likely to last longer. So that was one message. Do something uh-huh. for other people. Love Another it. message was, um, it's very likely your passion or what you your dream job is not going to have 401k or health insurance. Um, so all that... Like all the the people who have squawked about, they said go to college and, you know, have whatever you want. Well, that was fucking bullshit and you're learning that with your student loans. Also, um, you can be whatever you want when you grow up. That's bullshit too. So stop that. So the converse to um, what you love to do um, probably doesn't have insurance or retirement benefits. Um, There are good jobs where you can get that stuff. And the thing is thread that needle uh-huh. Um, where it's like, you know, 60% of your job you love, 40% you dislike a lot, but you got health insurance and, and all that stuff. Like you can't, you're never going to have it to like 90 and 10. It, uh-huh. it just doesn't exist like that. There is no perfect occupation. Um, unless you're wealthy, even then those people have problems, no money, no problems. Tis true. Okay. Um, like my, my, uh, a, a job counselor I went to before. She was like, the 50-50 rule. Do 50, you love 50% of your job and the other 50% you just tolerate. I was like, well, that's my problem. I was like 75-25. <laughs> but unfortunately, you can't do anything you want because life happens. You can't have your dream job. And then the other thing, the other big takeaway that was, I'm glad somebody else said it. So, spoiler, Joe makes it back to do this big performance with the, the lady. You got uh-huh. to that part, right? Yeah. Okay, so he makes it there, and he kicks ass. He's, uh-huh. he, he, he owns the night. The spotlight shines on him as he's, as he's, as he, while he's doing the piano solo, and he leaves the club. And he's just kind of like, hmm, like shoulder shrug. And uh-huh. he's like, that wasn't what I was thought, that wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And there are memes, and you and I have talked about stuff like this before, but I'm going to apply it to everything. The... the the quick cliche is the grass isn't always greener. This thought is a little more complex, though. Um, who you want to be with, what you want to do, where you want to be is not always what you think it's going to be. Like, you think that whenever I um, see somebody attractive, uh-huh. uh, and I'm like, that that would I, I'm, I find that person interesting. I remind myself, or I find that person attractive. I remind myself, while I might be physically attracted to them, you know, they might not check any other box. 
So, you know, bring your mind back in. Everybody thinks, you know, that dream job. Well, then they get there and they're like, wow, this is not so dreamy. They move places. Like, I always knew that I'll just move someplace warmer and that will that will make me feel better. Well, if I don't fix myself, move, I can move anywhere. But the bottom line is, what you think you want might not turn out to how might not turn out to the happiness you're hoping and expecting. And Joe found, found that out. So that's why he had to dig deeper. And whatever the fuck happened at the end of the movie, while he got to do something awesome and it'll be a great memory, uh-huh. maybe it's something he can't hang his hat on for the rest of his life. Like you shouldn't do with who you think is your ideal person, job, or place. So I think that, um, and I could be completely wrong, so get me back on track if I am, but I think that we always like are searching for our idea of perfection or for our own one for first of all it's challenging enough to say that you want to put your happiness first and then go and try to find that like that's a challenge for some people it's it has always been a challenge for me to like unapologetically want to put my happiness first you know and what i thought my happiness was or what i think my happiness is i am lucky to work a job um to work in a profession where i feel like i'm doing what i'm meant to do I do get okay benefits, but the, I always wish, like, I'm always a little bit jealous that the pay isn't the same as it would be, you know, in fields like engineering and, and things like that. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I deal with it. But do you, I mean, I feel like I had some of these challenges, if you remember in the springtime when um, I was having some of my challenges with my relationship and I'm like, this isn't making me extremely happy. And I was thinking about what am I going to do about this? And there was one choice that I, that I made that I thought was the right choice. And it brought me nothing, you know, it, not only did it bring me nothing, but I'm like, I think I made the wrong choice. There's no relief. There's no, you know what I mean? There's no hope. There's no relief. There's just darkness and despair on this other side. And I don't want it. <laughs> and it doesn't even have to be the alternative doesn't even have to be that dark but right. in most cases it's not going to be the panacea that you're thinking it will be um mm-hmm. recent example wonder woman <laughs> i was so excited for wonder woman damn and it. it wasn't bad but it wasn't like the dark knight or avengers and not that anybody said it was going to be but same thing with like a restaurant that's been built up it, it like it wasn't bad but that's why hope can be a four letter word and ex- and expectation expectations can be really bad so that's why expectations can be awful that's why i was excited to see them do that and that's why there are so many great existential takeaways from soul other than whatever the ending was there are so many messages buried in that cuz i remember when um in 2007, when I was uh, back home working in... Hold on one second. Play, play, okay. play. I was, uh, I was back home working in Allentown, but I also got to work at the station I grew up listening to in Philadelphia. And I did my first show. And as soon as, like, I, I t- as soon as I did my first break on the air, I turned off the microphone, I had the same feeling as Joe. I was like, that wasn't what I was expecting. Like, mm-hmm. I grew up with every song and DJ on this station and I'm sitting in the chair now. Granted, the industry changed a lot, but Uh until I turned off the microphone, not all of that crystallized for me. Like, I knew the industry changed. It wasn't going to be the same, but that magic wasn't there when I was talking into that microphone because I had built it up to be something that it wasn't then what it became for me when it was. So So what, what would you have told yourself, you know, knowing what you know now, what would you have told yourself when you had the aspirations to, you know, to become 
to do this work and sit in that chair and then you sit in the chair and it's not what you thought it was, what would you have told yourself at that time? Like, don't, you know, I hate it when people say like, don't have your, don't keep your expectations high or it, you would be smart to lower your expectations. I think there's a different way of saying that. Um, but it, it, but like you're getting to the same message, if that makes any sense. I wasn't disappointed. This is another quirky observational Eric thing. Like it wasn't, built up I didn't have the expectations it was just when I turned the microphone off I was like "Hmm." Mm -hmm. the magic wasn't there like I was expecting it to be I wasn't let down I wasn't disappointed like many people are in these types of situations um it was it was just different but you're you're right there is a we're gonna just like you want to thread the needle of benefits and health insurance good job but you still got to work and it's hard (laughs) to find that 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 job the checks the boxes you want it's the same thing with expectations like don't not have them but make sure they're appropriate so you don't wind up undermining your mood and yourself because mm-hmm. again hey let's say i have the expectations to be blank to be the ceo of a blank or mm-hmm. i want to open up a donut shop this is what i want these are my goals and these, these are my hopes my expectations i'm gonna you know put the work in and do the marketing and the advertising and get a great recipe and then um you open that shit up and it does well but you're like this isn't all i thought it was gonna be right and i don't know what the way is to tell people i don't know where the the thread is the middle ground between have expectations but keep them in check because they're different for everything we want and hope for yeah no i agree and i think that i think that it's healthy to have expectations, but I'd be curious how many examples of somebody having these really high expectations that weren't met that then, um, you know, turn them off to that, whatever opportunity that was, whatever they were doing, and they walked away from it where if you just would have, you know what I mean? If things would have been a little bit more balanced, realistic and leveled, level headed, I guess, um, you know, maybe you would still be doing something like that. So if so, like, I have an expectation that I want to lose all of this weight. I don't lose the weight or, you know, or I, you know, I don't know. I don't meet my, my goal or my expectation. And then I get frustrated and then I walk away. Then I quit. Where if I would have just stuck with it, maybe had more realistic expectations or just, you know, more sanity behind the thought or more level headed behind the thought then I would have kept going or not have quit. Um, you know, and I, then I would have maybe gotten to a healthier sense of, I don't know, self. Or maybe, maybe it, it wasn't, it was, I know like some, some intellectuals and philosophers will tweet this shit out. Like you were enamored with the idea, Mm -hmm. not the actual achievement of, Mm -hmm. of where you, where you met, uh, where you got to, like, maybe you want to lose all this weight and you lose it. You're like, well, now what? Like, and not that you quit, you just step away from it. And then maybe you gain 15 pounds back and go, okay, so this was the sweet spot. Like, I didn't want to lose all that weight, but this is, and that's not, that's a little bit of a clumsy example, but it's again, it's managing expectations, which as you're learning right now, as you, you grow professionally is very, very important, both <laughs> um, internally and externally with, with people that you engage with. Mm-hmm. But it was just the overall thought of, who you want, what you want to do, where you want to be, it don't make it out to be a panacea. And mm-hmm. how you manage those expectations is unto each individual. I agree. Expectations have been like, I feel like I've said it so many times over the last year um, to so many different people and just kind of 
opening your thoughts to what are your expectations, expectations that you don't even know. What does that look like? I know in, in like therapy and mental health, you're always asked the question, if you could close your eyes today, wake up tomorrow and everything was as you wanted it to be, what would that look like? (laughs) You know, when people don't actually know what they want or when they're sad or frustrated or anxious or depressed and they don't know why. And you say, okay, what would be different if you closed your eyes today, woke up tomorrow and everything was as you wanted, you were happy. What did that, what would that happen? What would be making you happy? What does that happiness look like? And that's where people really find what their motivations are, what their expectations are and what their goals are. And, and then you need to look at, is that realistic? And is it helping you? Like I, we can go back to what we talked about earlier. If before I was medicated, somebody asked me that I would be like, I want, you know, I just don't want to kill myself. I don't want to be so down and depressed and, Mm -hmm. um, not necessarily more materialistic things, but those things are gone now and I'm better but I'm in that I'm in that middle spot. But you're right. When people are like, I, I want to lose all this weight and I want to be with this person and I want this job. Like problems come with that shit, too. Uh, and yeah. what, what's the uh, I forget the actual quote, um, but it's like you, the, your problems don't stop happening in life. You just get well, hopefully you just get better at dealing with them. Exactly. You just get better at dealing with somebody asked me, of of course, we had the what's your New Year's resolution. And I said, I don't really have I just want to hold it together. Like I want to deal with the things that happen. I want to be able to deal with them, you know, and that's, that's it. Like, I just want to be able to manage the stress and manage, you know, the things that are thrown at me reasonably and that there isn't like a, a low point because you know what I mean? Because I have, I'm level and able to think things through and manage my expectations and, you know, take things as they come. And I think that that's, um, that's really this. You've even said this, like not, not everything isn't going to be all good. You're going to have some bad stuff. You just have to find that sweet spot where you can handle it, where you're in between. Everybody is unto their own experiences. That's why I was, I had walked it back in my head before, but when I was talking to people about like, Hey, imagine if this were the pandemic from 1918, you wouldn't have the internet or zoom, but you yeah. know what? Those people don't know what that, those things were. Mm-hmm. Um, or like people who you believe have everything as much as like we most of us would probably like to punch out the Kardashians and make them go away. I'm not advocating any kind of violence or anything like that. Um, <laughs> we, we don't we don't like them or whatever. Trust me, though. And I'm not talking about the vapid vein shit that's on the TV show. Like those people have real problems like Kanye and Kim probably have struggles just like you and Thomas have like the exact same thing. Communication mm-hmm. things, responsibilities that they struggle with. And of course, and I don't, maybe some people have said this. Um, I saw, it's funny. I keep going back to a picture I grabbed last year, but it was around the time the pandemic hit and it didn't make sense, but it says, um, happy pictures, sad generation. Um, when, when you are constantly inundated with everybody's, and that's what it is. Everybody's highlight reel Mm-hmm. Of course, everybody's going to feel miserable. And that's where you've got to tell yourself. And this is where I'm thankful that I have these CBT um, techniques. Like, no matter what you're looking at with that person, no matter what you're envious of, they got shit they're going through. And mm-hmm. it might be different. And maybe what they're struggling with, you'd be good at. Mm-hmm. But how they feel about those struggles is the same thing you're going through. But I think we have a really interesting opportunity this year in 2020, 2021, 
that we that there's so many people going through things and you can't hide it like you can't really hide it you can choose not to talk about it but you know there we know these things and i i said this last week there's a true opportunity for for the stigma to change around um depression and mental health and you know just sadness and mental health challenges because we're all experiencing it some of us like you and myself we know what it is other people don't necessarily know what it is you know and may feel shamed or may feel like they don't want to talk about it but if you open yourself up and talk about it i guarantee there's going to be someone else that can say i experienced the same thing this week or last month i've been also like i said that the other day to one of my staff and i'm like you know i haven't been well like and this was a couple weeks ago i'm like no i haven't been great it's been really hard and i like it's i've had a really difficult time and part of me doesn't know why other parts of me just are ashamed that I'm having such a difficult time. And she's like, I'm so glad that you said that. I'm so glad that you said that because me too. I've what, also been having a difficult time. One of the positives, and I know it's all doom and gloom. It feels mm-hmm. like that. But there are positives that, that are coming from yeah. the, the pandemic. Like getting these vaccines out shows that we can, we can and granted, it's been a bureaucratic mess. But just the <laughs> fact that we, we, we did that, like that's incredible science. Science is better yeah. than it's ever been before. We are truly saving lives. Um, one, I'm going to like just I'm going to pull a number out of the air, but I'm going to say that there is a 20 percent improvement or reduction and I'm just pulling that number out. You still there with me? Okay, yeah. 20% reduction, maybe even more, of people who in the past would have stigmatized or made fun mm-hmm. of those mm-hmm. with mental health issues. They're not going to do it anymore because they're going they're going through it. All the, mm-hmm. you know, you'll feel better. Oh, just get over it. Like, a lot of those people have had shit years mm-hmm. and can now relate to the people they were going to stigmatize or make fun of. And, and that is going to be... A wonderful positive. Well, obviously, a, a, a major cost of human life here, but who knows how many lives will be saved by people helping themselves, maybe even others, as we advance out of this. Exactly. Just the 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 relatability. I mean, that's what it means to be a peer to someone because you have not just because you and I are friends, but where you know we we have um, things we have challenges that we have experienced together and we relate to one another. I can be a peer to you. You can be a peer to me. I mean, that's what, that's the whole power behind that. And I think that it's really important for people to be able to talk about those things now, one, because you're not alone and just the sheer um, thought and the, 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 the comfort that comes over your mind when you really feel like somebody else relates, like you're like, okay, I'm not, I really am not alone. I mean, loneliness and, and these, kinds of things is is really um dark and it can be frustrating and for to be able to talk about it so that you understand that you're not alone and also so that you can share that with another person it's just so important and i feel i encourage everybody even the folks that have never experienced mental health and have made fun of other people or have judged other people and it's like dude just be okay like just don't get off the couch or don't just come out of your house but they don't understand what that's like until they lived it. Now you've lived it. Now you can, you know, you can have empathy for other people who you see. You can give back in the ways that you would, you know, the ways that you're capable of giving back, even if it just means being an ear to a friend because they're now going through something that you went through. The, the real, the vital takeaway that all of us have suffered or endured, um, if and when you were watching Soul is 
We should not have let Degage and Mommy close. <laughs> um, Agreed. The food. So you've been there, right? I have not, but I knew oh. what it. I, no, I didn't. My mom went. She said it was. She said it was wonderful. I really. I was a. Um, I would go all the way up to Detroit to Cliff Bell's. Yes, it's same, same kind of thing. I've never eaten at Cliff Bell's, uh-huh. but the food at uh, at Degage, which was on like River Road, I think in, in Maumee, it's now Levi yeah. and Lilac, and this is not a knock on them, but I and I think Degage Degage closed because I think the family just didn't want to deal with the restaurant business anymore, and that building is very fucking haunted as well. <laughs> um, but they do they did farm to table food, and you can have everything from like artisan pizza to grilled cheese i never had a bad meal there it was delicious and the jazz would take you you could close your eyes and feel like you were in in some of the best jazz places in in the country at Mm -hmm. any time in the last hundred years duke ellington and all those Mm -hmm. people louis armstrong all the it it was it was in great drinks and i was so devastated when they closed and i know there was a place downtown called murphy's i think Mm -hmm. um like near uh, near or on Fort Industry Square on Summit, but we don't have a jazz place that I know of, mm-hmm. not a regular place, and, and it sucks. But, yeah, you're right. Go up to Cliff Bells. Cliff Bells, I, I mean, I still absolutely love Cliff Bells. It's just the atmosphere was it was just wonderful. I love Cliff Bells. And you're right, closing your eyes and just listening to the music. And then in Cliff Bells, have you ever – have you been? Yeah. Okay, and then you open your eyes and you're in this elaborate – old school kind of room dark dim lighting really yep. kind of really romantic like it was perfect i would love to see something like that in the middle of downtown toledo so when somebody's walking from cock and bull to blarney there's a, a jazz bar right in between that that you can hear the music coming out of the you know you can hear it coming out of the bar into the streets and see people you know what i mean where there's just that life around it and there's people in there enjoying themselves and eating and dancing and smoking or whatever you want to do outside but it's just an, a, a part of the toledo nightlife put it down on adam street whatever i just want to see that come come to toledo as a permanent fixture not just a jazz night you know um some fun things we'll wrap up with here uh so much for the protest on Sunday. The Sylvania City Council passed the gun thing with like six to one. I figured they would. It just doesn't make sense. I'm like, why? It doesn't bring down your property value. It's no danger. It's no more dangerous than anything than a car accident or like a. I don't know. It just it just didn't make sense. I'm like, this is a stretch. Yeah. So and nobody can change my mind. And um, maybe maybe I'm open to the conversation, but change my mind. No walleye season. They've opted out of the season. I wow. guess. I guess because. Uh, they realized they weren't going to be able to have enough fans in the stadium yeah. to open up. So it didn't make it worthwhile. Like they would play and it's safe, but if there's nobody there buying anything, the TV revenue on Buckeye isn't, isn't, isn't worth it. There's just not enough money there. They make money with people being, and this is going to affect downtown as well. Downtown. Like this is a, this sucks. Like this is yeah. super bad. Like there were probably some places who were like, and I haven't heard any of these places, but I'm guessing there are some like if we can just make it to walleye season, we'll be OK. Now it's not happening. Yeah. And that does. You're right. Like I feel bad for the downtown, um, for the just the businesses that are in the area that depend on that. The only thing that's giving me hope is obviously like we're in a period where vaccines are being rolled out. So next season, you know what I mean? Like you can look to next season 
with that, without maybe that fear of like, is there going to be a next season? Like, are we completely done? Um, but I don't, you know, we're going to have to get creative as a community over the next couple of months and how we save these businesses and how we come together to and, ensure that, that our economy and the community and the businesses and the work that the city has done to build up our downtown maintains. This is where, and I've said this months ago, the Owens Cornings and the Danas mm-hmm. are going to have to throw some money at some things. Mm-hmm. Um, because the average person has to worry about their own finances before Dirty Bird. It, you know what I would love to see, though? Um, especially in the summer, if we get to a point in the summer where vaccines are out, um, COVID cases are down, things are opening back up without even necessarily having to ha- be socially distanced. You know, you, mer- you can wear a mask if you choose. You don't have to wear a mask. I would love to see us have a number of events that go to benefit you know what I mean? That for giving back to the community. So you're charging to get in, but there is entertainment and there's drinking and there's food and there's things to do. Like, I, you know how much I love pride. Like I love pride. I want to see an event of that scale multiple times this summer and all of the proceeds go to giving back to the downtown area, to the businesses and the restaurants that lost, you know, just to keep, make sure that we maintain those things. At the moment, uh, Jeep Fest is planned for August 6th to the 8th. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it goes through and to what degree, it might just be a parade instead of you know tens of thousands of people. But you're right, and people will be like, "I shouldn't have to pay." Well, fuck you, stay home. There are people who can pay. And yeah, they can go down, and, and that money can go towards whatever. Um, but incentivize them to pay because this is what your pay. This is what your payment is going to do. We are all like, I am itching for a good time. Like I am eager. For a, a safe, good time where everybody, nobody's like, oh, I don't know if I should go. Like, it might be safer to say, nope, everybody is out. Everybody is like making up for all the time lost, all the grief, all the sadness, all the depression, you know, all the lost money. And we're all enjoying ourselves. And I want multiple times to be able to do it. And I want whatever money I spend for that to go back to the community. Yeah, it's a great idea. And things like that will have to come together because it's what's going to maybe save some of these places um, that will be running out of money after mm-hmm. 18 months. Mm-hmm. Um, Olivia Wilde, apparently she got she split up and she is now kind of dating Harry Styles. So where are we going with this conversation? Because I saw another conversation about it and I'm curious if that's the direction you're heading. Why is there, is it just because she spent time with Harry Styles that now people are saying that they're dating or is there like PDA? I think that they've done enough things where people can put two and two together, not PDA stuff. And so, okay, go ahead. I'm sorry, go the ahead. The only place I was going is I don't care about the, uh, I don't care about the age difference. Uh-huh. And Jason Sudeikis, so they split up very quietly. Jason oh. Sudeikis, uh, I was all, he's very normal looking for, for famous people. And Until they I, put him in a Marvel movie. <laughs> sorry. But he's, well, or we'll come to that. We'll come back to that. Uh, Jason Sudeikis is very normal looking. Like for the, the average person, he's, yeah. the average person, he's a seven and a half. Uh-huh. For Hollywood, he's like a five. And Olivia mm. Wilde is like a nine. Mm-hmm. And that he, she, that out of that two number gap, now she has upped the attractiveness of her potential, of her mate. And Harry Styles is like closer to the nine that Jason Sudeikis is. So... I saw, um, yes, by the way, I agree with all of those things. My only joke was um, 
the other actor that's now in a Marvel movie that has just... We're getting to him. Okay. Okay. But um, Harry Styles, I found out about this today also, and only because somebody reported on, um, not like a news network, but like a, your BuzzFeed or something, we're having a conversation about um, Harry Styles has also been seen numerous times and is very close with Lizzo, but nobody ever thought that he would be dating Lizzo. And the minute he was close with um, Olivia Wilde and, you know, she had separated from her husband. And I don't know if that was the factor that made these that created these rumors, but she he has been seen no differently with Olivia Wilde than he has been with Lizzo. But somehow there's dating rumors with him and Olivia Wilde, but not him and Lizzo. Okay. And I was like, that's actually a very interesting perspective. Never would have thought of that, okay. and which is probably part of the problem. So let me ask you this. I want your, your honest opinion. Do you think Lizzo is Harry Styles type of woman to date? Yes, because Harry Styles doesn't fall into any kind of category. Obviously, he wears women's clothes when he wants to, makeup, dresses. He does whatever he wants. So I feel like Lizzo would absolutely be his style I'll say, um, to I'll date. Th- I'll say th- that's a good point, but I'll say no, because not in, not in relation to who he has been connected with in the past. I've um, never paid attention to who he's been connected with dating, maybe other than a Jenner. I can, yeah, I can't give you a lot of people other than like Taylor Swift a, a long time ago. And I think it, I know where you were going with that and color, but more size of people. And I think, I think size. Yeah, definitely not color, more size. It's easier to make the connection. Oh, they're working on music together because it's what. Oh, and because for a long time he kept doing Lizzo songs. It was at like the beginning of the pandemic because he mm. loved her music and he kept mm-hmm. covering them. So mm-hmm. there's a little synchronicity there as opposed to an actress and Harry who's a musician and singer. But yeah, I, I, and again, not to shade Jason Sudeikis. <laughs> Very talented. But like, I'm sorry. You're, look, and I, I get that how we view attractiveness is very subjective, but I think we have to at least put our Twitter hate down and societally, societally, societally agree that some people are just more attractive physically than others, and that's just how the cards were dealt. I mean, of course, I am a little surprised at Olivia Wilde, though. And it's maybe I maybe it's the same as like Kate Beckinsale and Pete Davidson and not necessarily Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly. But I would not expect Olivia Wilde to go in the direction of Harry Styles. I would expect Lizzo to go in the direction of Harry Styles, but not Olivia Wilde. Like I would imagine her next choice would be um Josh Dumel or uh, Fergie's ex or yeah, a, a hotter version of normal. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I, I'm a little shocked. And, and Harry Styles, his his kind of normal is just not it's not mainstream. It, he never claims to be. We all know that. Good for him. No judgment. Just would not have expected that. That's very cool. Great. Um, but yeah, maybe but she, I, I maybe I, she's just going to the other end of the spectrum. Like she's done like normal <laughs> dad guy for so long she's like <laughs> i need guy on the cover of vogue in a dress absolutely and i like i only saw this conversation today and it was um leaning in the direction of why don't people create rumors about harry and lizzo who are seen equal the amount or if not more and um i was like you know what that's an interesting perspective but, uh, absolutely but the music thing syncs it up nicely though sure um mm-hmm. uh, Last thing with that, and we'll go to the Camille Nanjiani thing. Mm-hmm. Hotter Olivia, Mun or Wild? Ooh, Mun, 100%. Really? Yes, Mun, definitely. I think Olivia Mun is, I don't know if it's the dark hair, 
Um, yeah, I think, uh, no, I like Mun. I don't know if it's the olive complexion or even, even a little darker. Uh, I tend to lean more in that direction. I would always confuse them as well because they're both dark haired and similar body types. I definitely have a type. Uh, <laughs> but at least when it comes to man, do you know people say, because Thomas has long hair now, everybody says he looks like Jason Momoa. Yeah. He's like, I'm the broke Jason Momoa. Yeah. I would never, I mean, Jason Momoa is my hall pass 100% if right. I were to have one at all. And I also love Lisa Benet, but I would never say that he looks like Jason Momoa. But clearly everybody else seems to think so. Right. And if you put Jason Momoa next to uh, Jason Sudeikis, like <laughs> nine, 99 men and women out of 100 would, you know, I, I, and this is another topic for another day when people are like, no, I like, I like this type of person. And it's like maybe because you've just convinced yourself or it's a reality that you can't attain the other person. I need Jason Sudeikis to like profit off of this and make a movie that makes fun of him being divorced from his wife. And then his wife's partner is this really like eccentric, eclectic and it, let it be Jason Momoa or something. And like, it just goes over. I, I know that there's probably movies like this right now. I think it was, um, what's the one with, uh, the lady married to Dax Shepard. What's her name? Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell was in the movie with the other guy. Um, and she left him for, uh, what's the British one with the long hair? Skinny, long hair. You know Russell what I'm talking Brand. about? Russell Brand. That one. That w- So it's been done before, but it would be, he should profit off of that and make a movie out of it. All right, last thing, and we got to do this quick. So Camille Nanjiani, who is mm-hmm. um, a comedian and an actor, and I don't know what the biggest thing he's been in, but he is going to be in the Marvel movie Eternals. He got big and bulked up. He posted a New Year's Eve picture and he was bigger and bulkier, more like Jason Momoa-like mm-hmm. than we had seen in the past when we were like, holy shit, he's been working out. Um, and people went all different kinds of angles with this because you, you really you really can go in all different ways. The, some people decided to go with the race thing. Like, how come you give him a hard time but none of the, the Chris's for their movies? And it's like, well, hold on a second. Captain America's 10 years old now and uh-huh. the internet was a lot calmer uh-huh. back then. Trust me, there were people who were like, he clearly did steroids for that. And then there's the... So Disney's kind of getting these people supplements to bulk up i'm sure and yeah there was a um I, it was in the thread that i was reading last night there's a great tom hardy interview where someone was like so you know he was talking about bane and tom hardy have you ever read his interviews not you, oh, not but not one, as it pertains to bane. he's a dog lover is he uh, oh he, i love tom he, hardy. he might a, be my second hall pass he's a dog lover and he is very candid he gives no fucks um uh. somebody said you know what did you were you taking steroids or PEDs to bulk up for Bane? He's like, I wasn't fucking eating Smarties. Um, <laughs> so he basically like pulled the, the curtain down about how, look, maybe some of these people can achieve it with chicken and rice and, and four hours of working out, which they're paid to do anyway. But I think in a lot of cases they are taking, you know, probably not the safest, but not unsafe illegal mm-hmm. drugs and or steroids. Mm-hmm. And that's, the bigger thing. And you know what? If you're Camille Nanjiani and you want to do that, have the fuck at it. But don't, and he hasn't said this, but don't try to convince me that you did this all with chicken and rice and two hour workouts. I doubt that he's going to like, I would highly, I don't know him that well as an actor. I've seen him in shows, but I don't, or in movies, but I don't know him outside of that to gauge like what his personality is like. I doubt that he would. And I kind of feel like, so what? Cause when you see something like this in, um, 
like professional lifting or something, it's like everybody knows that, you know, right. every, everybody knows that somebody's going to take in a performance enhancing drug to get to where they want to be. And there's less criticism about it than if it's in a movie where I'm like, you're doing the same thing. Like you're, you're building yourself. Like, while I don't, I don't condone it. I don't judge it either. It's just, it is, I don't choose to, to criticize this one over the other one. Um, and I would say that he might be in the safest place to do it because um, it, it's, you know, he probably has the best opportunity to do it safe as safe as possible because he has so many people, professional people surrounding right. him, getting him to this point. These so. are, these are not like muscle heads and gyms passing mm-hmm. steroids in locker rooms. These are mm-hmm. scientists. It goes back to, um, so I remember in the late nineties and early two thousands when steroids were a massive problem in baseball. And I remember I wanted to change my body. It was like, I would do steroids if not for the fact I would be terribly anxious mm-hmm. about a side effect and doing it wrong mm-hmm. and then dying. Cause I, I would have done it. Um, and if I could, I would, I would do it now. But I, there was, you don't, I think we, I brought his name up for his name is Jose Canseco. Oh yeah. He wrote the book. I think it was called juiced and whether he called a lot of people out, how accurate it was, I'm willing to give him, you know, I'm willing to believe him more than disbelieve him. Uh-huh. And I remember at the time I said, as long as he doesn't die, because there were a lot of people in all types of things who just took a bad drug or it didn't work with their system because obviously it's not regulated. Um, they died. They had Roy Rage or there was Chris Benoit, the wrestler. Chris Benoit. Mm-hmm. I think he killed his wife and then killed himself because of a, a Roy Rage thing. Uh-huh. But I remember, I was like, I'm going to watch Jose Canseco. And he can say all the shit he wants. But as long as he doesn't keel over at a uh-huh. young age because his heart seized up, like, we might look back at him and go, while well, he cheated baseball, he was kind of a visionary when it came to performance enhancement and in some ways finding the fountain of youth. And that's something we would all want. And in many ways, many people already do pay for that. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. Like, if the conse- if the negative consequences outweigh the benefits, then I just, I don't, you know, I'm not going to say it's, it's tough. Cause you don't want to say like, I'm all right with somebody doing something illegal, but like me, you know, if weed helps you or pain, then have yeah. at it. Like, you know what I mean? Like d- then do it. Steroids are different than weed and that it's more dangerous, but, um, maybe I don't, I, maybe, but I, I had a friend who had done that, who had, um, taken some steroids and I knew about it and I didn't, you know, I didn't judge. Of course I was there to talk about support and making sure you're doing it safely. But there was a roid rage incident that happened on my birthday. And I'm like, well, damn it. Now you can't even handle yourself in this space because you're so angry. And now I'm losing out. So like, I was absolutely frustrated, but I don't know. I'm not going to judge Disney for doing that. I hope we're not getting to a point where now superheroes are expected to look more realistic. Like I know that in, and um, perfume ads and underwear ads and stuff, there's less retouching and re- regular bodies are being shown. And I'm all right with regular, I'm all right with a superhero that's more of a regular person or a regular body. But that doesn't mean that like we have to now make everything to where we're comfortable to accept it. I want, I want them to look like fucking superheroes. I do too. <laughs> well, and, and, and again, you said it, like they're probably very closely watched even mm-hmm. if it's not the most um, ethical thing. Um, but that, that's why I never really got into the Flash show. I'm like, he's fast, but like he just looks normal. And he's kind of, and I get that's the show, that's the appeal the show is going for. I like my superhero. And this is my point with, uh, with Camille. 
I want my superheroes look fucking super. Like they shouldn't look like the average person. I want to be attracted to them. (laughs) All of that. If, if, okay, like let's say earlier in the podcast, like you were stuck in your car and Mm -hmm. the roof caved in. You got Jason Sudeikis and you got Jason Momoa and you're like, who do you want to save you? Fucking Momoa. He's going to be able to pull shit off the car. <laughs> Are we saying as in like their abilities would be yes. better? If they both had the same abilities, I don't care. But I would love to look at Momoa. Like, and I hope that he would then fall in love with me after that and we would have babies. Not in, and no, I love Thomas. Happen. But yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's, and, and it's amazing. Like it's, we, there are other interest groups for other important things now. And we've looked past the fact that like a lot of people have done uh, steroids in baseball, PEDs, and there's, they haven't died, no roid rage. So Jose Canseco, when I read the book, like he did a lot of this shit with his teammate, Mark McGuire, in the bathroom stall of the locker room. And who knew that he was like a brilliant chemist and scientist in front of a toilet? Like... It was groundbreaking in a lot of ways because, again, he hasn't died and he still looks like he's he looks like he's my age. So what do we say, though, at, like on at the reverse? What do we say, though, about folks who get prepared for roles where they have to lose a ton of weight like Jared Leto and Christian Bale and uh, Viola Davis for her role in this um, Netflix movie that came out last month? I think she had to gain like 50 pounds. Um, You're portraying she, someone else. She had to get to like 200 pounds or something like that. And then she lost it. And they did, obviously they did a story on her losing the weight after the role, but Jared Leto had to lose a ton of weight for Dallas Buyers Club. I think it was. Yeah. And then um, Christian Bale had to lose a ton of weight for one of his roles. The machinist. And at what point does that become dangerous also? Cause I, that's the only other time that I see things criticized. I don't see too much criticism other than this conversation about um, Camille, is his name? Camille? Camille Nangiani, yes. Yes. I, I, other than that, I don't see a ton of criticism other than if you're like expected to lose a ton of weight. And these days you would help people overseeing these films can allow these people to do it in healthy ways. I mean, mm-hmm. Christian Bale is like always going up and down. And I think he said he's done doing that. But he's almost he's also almost near 50. And oh, wow. the, meta- the metabolism doesn't work the same way as yeah. when you're in 20s and 30s. And the last thing, like canceling is one thing because a lot of times people have done some pretty awful things to deserve being canceled. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to shaming, um, far too many shamers have been given credibility when all they've done is start up a Twitter account. Like you have no integrity. You haven't earned any experience to offer insight to this person. And I get it. Those kinds of stories make for good clicks, but the people doing a lot of the shaming um, are, are throwing from glass houses. And, and also I think there's some people who just put him, who might put him in a bubble, just like how I didn't love the idea of Kristen Wiig taking on this role in the Wonder Woman movie, but she did fantastic and I'll give her her credit. But I think there's also people who looked at this actor as maybe your nerdy type, your type that is not, um, that is not, that doesn't play roles like this. And then here he comes Marvel. He's taking on this character. He's bulking up. He looks like this fine piece of ass and they're like wait a minute just what's the guy who plays in Barry who was then in a romantic comedy with LeBron James and Amy Schumer what was his name he was in SNL oh, he Barry, uh, I don't remember uh, I know who you're talking about is it Bill Bill or Bayer Bayer something Bayer no, it's Bill is it Bill not Bill Bayer um 
But you know what I mean? So he, I did the same thing with him. I'm like, there's no way that I'm going to watch this movie and find him attractive. But they had him in the stereotypical attractive role, that attractive bachelor male. Bill Hader. Bill Hader thank you. That, um, I was close. <laughs> but <Hader>. they, <laughs> they had him in this role and I shut my mouth. I watched it. They did a fantastic job of building up his character. And I'm like, this is a man that I'm attracted to. Um, and I'm just like, cool, I love it. But I'm sure that there's people like, no way am I going to give this a chance. Who does he think he is? Could be the same thing for um, Camille, Kamal. Shame on me for yeah, doing this. Shame on me it, for not the figuring out his name. If the old stereotype is, is when you do steroids, your balls shrink. If his wife is happy with his balls shrinking and he likes his life and what he's done is safe and he can maintain this safely, have the fuck at it. We would all love to do that if we could. You know, if they shrink, they shrink. At least there's nothing moving around down there while you're while you're putting motion in the ocean. There you like, go. Slapping around in the <laughs> background. This uh, should have made this a two-part podcast. It's, uh, hour and a half. Well done. Some good, some deep stuff, some entertainment stuff. Tomorrow, some Janet stuff. Um, I got a, I, I got an author uh, named Ted Long. There was a story in The Blade over the weekend. He has written a book called Forgotten Visitors, and it's about all the famous people who have said glowing things about Toledo. So he's going to be on. Oh, that's... Look at him. That's really creative. That's good. Good for him for doing that. Yeah, in fact, there's one story that I read in The Blade article that really I would really want to talk to him about. He said... (sighs) Frederick Douglass was speaking here at the Warren AME Church, where I used to vote, and it was there he said something that like caught the ear somehow of Lincoln and that helped break the ice in their relationship. That's very good. And it happened in Toledo. Yep. Fun, fun fact. I'm on the board of the senior center in that parking lot. It's the Warren AME senior center. Yep. Uh, it's a church, right? It's a church. Yep. Yeah. And they also have a, a senior center, yeah. like a adult facility in the parking lot. When I would show up to vote, I'd be like, it's the white guy who lives downtown. <laughs> oh, hi, Eric. Um, all right, give the uh, give the dogs lots of money. You, you can you send some some Sunny and, and Pete pictures, please. I will. They've been barking at literally everything, running water, and they'll bark. But they were quiet the whole podcast, so that's good. Okay, I will. Uh, I will text you later, best friend. Okay. Bye. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.